2: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey Matt, wow, you look
3: so tan. You just you just look like you came out of the fresh Mexican sun.
2: I did, wow, yeah. Wow, how is your I know thin? everybody can't see, but I'm basically um I'm like a fried tortilla. My skin, it it looks like I've been left on a beautiful rock for like 10 to 15 minutes just to a crisp Mm. No, I think I'm more pale now than I was when I left, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) But enough about me. Let's talk about the podcast today. We're going to start off, as always, shouting about the weirdest news of the week and worst things first. After that... uh, The most highly anticipated award show of the year is back! You thought you were sick of all those end-of-the-year lists? Well, guess what? It's too bad because we are diving deep into the worst parts of 2018. That's right! We have our second annual Grumpy Awards. And finally... We have a very special guest complainer. As you all know, the second season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is out right now on Amazon Prime so we brought in the man behind The Marvelous Mr. Maisel Michael Ziegen. Stick around to hear his trash opinions about ice cream, the most insane audiences he's performed for and you'll also be wowed by my Yiddish pronunciation.
3: It's really a beautiful thing.
2: So you're welcome for everything. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's Punch 2018 right in the face and start the show! Last show of 2018, bitches. Boom. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first! The California farm that was connected to the E. coli outbreak in romaine lettuce has a new announcement. Oh no. Guess <laughs> what's next? Cauliflower. Oh. And other lettuces. Um I did not read the entire article, so I don't know what <laughs> lettuces <laughs> are actually banned or being recalled. Um, this is a journalistic <laughs> <laughs> endeavor. It's probably best if you just avoid all vegetables. No
3: salad through 2018.
2: Uh, yeah, my my 2018 end of year recommendation is avoid vegetables. Who eats vegetables in December anyway? Cookies
3: are Christmas vegetables. Yeah, this
2: is about sugar, carbs. This is about cakes and cookies. And ice creams and coffee cakes. Do you leave out heads of lettuce for Santa? No. <laughs> no. no! Um, you do that for the Easter bunny. Well, he's a little bitch. I know. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything against the Easter bunny. I don't actually know the full. Um, I, again, I probably should have done more research on hey. the topic. But I feel like I've, I've heard through the grapevine <laughs> that the Trump presidency has been all about deregulating Government agencies, which is there because people are like, Oh, government is bad, except when the government makes sure that there's no fucking E. coli (laughs) on your goddamn vegetables. (laughs) And so, because they've started deregulating the FDA, like regulations are more lax, and now our fucking vegetables are disgusting. I don't, I don't truly understand how you can like deregulate lettuce.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know how this works. Next.
2: A city in Massachusetts killed a bunch of beavers after realizing that their dams, combined with heavy rainfall, were causing hazardous flooding conditions. They were like, oh my God, we're flooding. You know what we should do? Massacre all the beavers. Oh God. And they rounded them all up and they they shot them. The city of Framingham... (laughs) Why not? Yeah, regrets... sounds like they're framing the beavers. They posted, they posted a statement on Facebook that says, the city of Framingham regrets that it was placed into a set of circumstances that resulted in the demise of the beavers. <laughs> that was like passive voice times 10 to... <laughs> Take the subject of that sentence is that the city of Framingham murdered the beavers. Okay. You can't twist these words around to make it seem like the beavers just died.
3: And murdering the beavers for doing their jobs so damn well.
2: Yeah. It's not, that's not their fault that you built your fucking house by a river. That's what happens when it floods. I guess we're just going to blame climate change on the beavers. No. No. They were like, sorry, sorry, we had to, we were, we were pushed into a corner and now we had to kill all the beavers. You know, they just wanted some hats. I mean, I hope that they would at least use them <laughs> <laughs> and not just to like throw them away. Oh yeah, and it says since trappers are prohibited by Massachusetts law from relocating beavers, trapped animals are most often euthanized, according to the statement. But you know who made that law? The fucking government of Massachusetts. The same murderers who took out the beavers. So maybe you can make an exception and pick them up and drop them off somewhere else, like my mom did to those rabbits (laughs) (laughs) that we found in our backyard Uh, 15 years ago.
3: RIP those rabbits.
2: Next! A Southern California Catholic school, um, this is not going to be good, (laughs) discovered that its former principal and another nun, two nuns, stole an estimated five hundred thousand dollars over a decade for their personal use, potentially using the money for travel and gambling. So, hell yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be a nun, you be a nun in style. That's what. That's what's under those nun gowns—just fucking diamonds, <laughs> <laughs> diamonds, darling. Uh, I want to be a nun now. If I if I knew that this was the perks of being a nun, I would have, <laughs> I would have joined that a long time ago. Uh, sign me up from Vegas to the Sisterhood. My uncle. Hmm. According to family lore, because mm. my dad and all of his siblings went to like a strict Catholic school in mm-hmm. Chicago where, where, they, swam where naked. they swam naked, my uncle uh, slapped a nun across the face oh. and got expelled because oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they use capital punishment to like slap children and he slapped her back and then he got expelled you know, who doesn't deserve a slap, these nuns, because they stole a half a million dollars. And one of them, Sister Mary Margaret Crooper... Whose name was created by a nun name generator. Um, (laughs) She was the principal of the school, and she was retiring. And I guess when these nuns retire, they perform, like, a standard audit. And then they discover that there was, like, this bank account that they didn't realize that all these funds were being funneled into. And they admitted to it right away. But, yeah. They, like, took a bunch of quotes from, like, articles, like, Facebook posts about this from the community. And everybody was like, uh... Nobody should be surprised. They take a vow of of poverty and yet they've been going to fucking casinos. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was suspicious that whole time for 10 years. They've been taking all these trips. Um so anyway, shout out to these sisters. You are welcome on this podcast anytime. <laughs> and finally, police in Canada received a call about suspicious findings. At Sugar Maple Woods Park. Mm, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that sounds like the most Canadian park name ever or the yes. most like Southern Sugar Maple Woods. <laughs> I live in Sugar Maple Woods Park <laughs> in Mississauga, Mississauga. That's the name of the town, I think, mm-hmm. or region. After a member of the public came across blood, forceps, and evidence- <laughs> Consistent with childbirth while walking their dog in the park, what is a forceps?
3: Isn't that what they use to take the baby out or to yank open?
2: Is that like the a, baby region? Is it yeah? Is it to grab or expand?
3: Ooh, or is it a two-in-one <laughs> shampoo situation?
2: <laughs> yeah, I never know. It sounds too much like biceps. First of all, mm. second of all, um, is that it's just instead of by two seps, it's. Forceps?
3: Mm, I don't think there's a U in there. Um, <laughs> not. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
2: I do think it's like the, the what do you call them? Uh, not tweezers, but the big tongs. tongs. It's mm, like tongs, the baby tongs for grabbing a baby out of a vagina. Right. Anyway, this person, like, found a bunch of uh, childbirth shit just in the middle of the forest and called the police and the police started investigating. And then a woman came forward and she was like, oh, yeah, that's mine. I threw all that stuff out uh, in the forest for (laughs) holistic purposes. She was like, I wanted to throw my placenta into the forest so I could give it back to nature. You know what no one fucking asked for? Your goddamn placenta. (laughs) Why don't you throw it away in the garbage can or wherever they put placentas instead of in public where someone fucking walks across it? What if your dog ate that shit?
3: That'd be one happy dog. Also, forceps are not going to... That's not a biodegradable forcep. (laughs) I know. Also,
2: why did she take the forceps home? I don't
3: think that's like, they give you a blanket for the baby. I don't think they give you the forceps or like the needles or anything else.
2: It reminds me of, like, you go to, like, art class and you get to draw it, but then you get to, like, take the supplies home with you. It's part of the package. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a little goodie bag, a little doggy bag. Um, basically, yeah, I, I, a constable, because they have those, um, told the news, I guess, that at the time that the child was born, the mother's midwife collected the placenta, umbilical cord, and forceps, and then the items were frozen, and the mother took it home. Because her baby is one year old, so all that placenta was one year old, and it had been frozen that whole time, and in celebration of her child's one-year birthday, she decided to take it out into nature and throw it away. That so. kid
3: deserves a better birthday party. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's a shitty birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday! birthday. birthday. <laughs> we threw your placenta out. That's you're, just so you're weird. Uh, why? Uh, nobody wants that. What is going to come from that? What do they do with placentas, though?
3: I think they put it in, like, a biohazard. They, they do the throwing out equivalent of, like, body organs.
2: Yeah, but wh- I don't know or what they do Or you can keep them. it.
3: Oh, I have no idea. I just know it goes in the, like, different color trash can. Right. I don't know what happens after that.
2: Yeah. Do they take them to, like, a special dumpster? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> 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 I just know, like, people are going to tweet at me the actual answer, and I'm like, I don't. I'm never going to follow the trail.
3: Just turn it into some pills and eat that placenta up.
2: That's the holistic thing to do. I think yeah. that's the more confusing thing here. Why don't you nut up and eat your placenta or fucking throw it in the garbage? Don't take it into the fucking forest. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, I'm putting on my award show tux with the Grumpy Awards. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. Deep Tide. Deep Tide. Deep Tide. Deep Tide. Ah, all right. 2018, what a year. I feel like 2018 was the first, like, really shitty year where we were all like, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just reality now. We just accepted that things are shitty now and, like, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, in 2016, everyone was like, wow, this year, 2016 specifically sucks. And now, 2018, people are just like, mm-hmm. This is our reality. (laughs) Isn't it so much fun? falling apart. The world is on fire, literally. But that won't stop us from celebrating, right? (laughs) Because it is the time of the year for reflection and commemoration. It is time for everyone's favorite award show that we've only held once before. And now uh, we're doing it again. Because why not? Tradition. Am I wearing a tux? Absolutely. I can confirm. Am I fully tucked? Absolutely. Will not confirm. Am I ready to give out some goddamn awards? Absolutely. So without further ado, let's get started with the Grumpies. First, the Burn It With Fire Award, awarded annually to the trend that I most hate this year. Um, Let's start with our runners up before getting to our winner. First, charcoal. I feel like 2018 was really the year where, like, activated charcoal, like, reached its saturation point.
3: I mean, when you put it in ice cream, it's gone too far. Okay,
2: we got, yeah, we have activated charcoal face masks, charcoal toothpaste, and fucking charcoal ice cream. It just tastes like concrete. Concrete. Next runner-up, CBD oil. Just smoke some damn weed smoke some weed people stop stop trying to have a weed substitute i also don't think cbd oil does anything also most science says it doesn't do much uh also i just don't believe in oils i don't think any oil has (laughs) done anything good in my life except give me pimples (laughs) and like make things slippery that's not good for anybody (laughs) moving on (laughs) jade rollers Stop rubbing a fucking rock on your face. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> and finally, the winner of the Burn it with Fire award, stories about eating Tide Pods. Mm. I'm not I'm not going to isolate eating Tide Pods as a trend. I'm going to say it's the trend of talking about eating tide pods that we need to burn it with fire because tide pods were this year first of all that whole thing that was like the first major trend of the year oh god
3: that's how that's when you knew 2018 was just going to be shit
2: but i don't believe any teens were actually eating tide pods i feel like it was it started as a joke and then it like blew up on the internet and then you have all of these like legit publications being like teens are eating tide pods no they're fucking not
3: also, Tide, now I saw a commercial where they have like childproof bags Yeah. to prevent children from eating them.
2: Someone makes up a dumb trend, and then everybody on the internet talks about it as if it's a real trend, and then one month later, all the Tide products at the store near my apartment are behind a fucking cage, and I have to talk to an employee when I want to wash my soiled underwear. That's true. Now, every Tide product in the store near my apartment, I have to talk to an employee so they can unlock it for me. Like I'm gonna steal a fucking Tide Pod. I don't even use Tide Pods. It's. I think every year there's some dumb trend. Like the year before was like snorting condoms, and it's like nobody's doing this. I missed out on that. I think that one back one idiot on Vine like snorted a condom, and then everybody was like, "Every teen has snorted a (laughs) condom," and it's like no. If I have one wish for 2019, it's that we stop reporting on dumbass trends that don't actually exist.
3: What are we going to do on this podcast?
2: Also, (laughs) world peace. Uh, So congratulations to uh, the stories about eating Tide Pods. You won the Burn It With Fire Award. Next! Category is Craziest Raccoon Story of 2018. Runners up include The Raccoon in West Virginia who someone called the police on because he was acting weird in the street. Turns out he was just drunk on crab apples. That's right. (laughs) Because animals can get drunk off of fermented berries and other foods. Are you a fermented berry? That's me. I'm drunk all the time. (laughs) Um... Next runner up, the city of Youngston, Ohio, was plagued this year by zombie-like raccoons acting strangely in public. Turns out, uh, well, I guess this this one man, I think we talked about the story on mm-hmm. the pod. Um, uh, this one man walked outside to walk his dog and there was a raccoon there acting like super buff and like just unafraid of him and would stand on his hind legs and like bare its teeth at him and then faint. And then get up and do the whole thing again. Just like a whole routine. And the police received like dozens of calls about similar situations. And um, it turns out they all probably had a viral illness called distemper.
3: Oh, my dog gets a uh, distemper vaccine.
2: Yeah, it causes brain damage and it makes them act weird. So good for Putty. (laughs) bad for these raccoons but the winner of the craziest raccoon story of 2018 was the hero raccoon who scaled a 25-story office tower in st paul minnesota in june of this year and captivated the nation with his death-defying odyssey to the top do you not remember this i don't remember this at all i am in awe. my jaws on the floor it was like a whole thing on the internet for like a whole day
3: and then if you miss one day, it's gone.
2: <laughs> and then he fell to his death. No! And we got over it. No. Oh my god. <laughs> he survived. Oh god. Um, I guess this raccoon had been, like, scaling a building looking for, like, pigeon eggs or something. Mm. And then um, he got too high up and was too scared to go down, so he just kept going up. And that's the story, really, for 2018, is <laughs> when you're in deep shit, you just keep digging yourself into deeper shit until eventually it either gets better or you die. Or you become viral on the internet. Exactly. Story of my life. <laughs> Next. The stop rubbing it in award goes to the entire nation of Canada because this year they became the second nation to legalize marijuana nationwide. Do you know who the first nation was? Oh. Uruguay.
3: Did not see that coming. You're
2: gay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Next, the man who most haunted me this year award. Um, lots of contenders in lots, this category. First up, Anthony, noted Canadian, infamous Canadian, Anthony Porosky. Um, Queer Eye came out this year. Yeah. Which is the only I saving to grace. I refuse to believe that that was only 2018 and that I haven't been haunted by Anthony forever. <laughs> um, and his fucking dark eyes and his fucking boobs. And the fact that every other post that he does on Instagram is sponsored and it's just and I'll still like it. Uh, I can't money. stop. I can't stop liking every one of Anthony's posts. It's 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 painful to me mm-hmm. that this is my life now, mm-hmm. that I'm enslaved. That's number one. Next, Noah Centineo uh, of... What a blessing. <laughs> what was that movie? To all the boys I've
3: loved before and that other Netflix movie that w- I don't remember the name of. Um Sarah I, Burgess is a loser?
2: Yeah. Uh, he's like the typical boy next door. And uh, I started following him on Instagram. And it just like, I don't know. He All of his captions are like poems. And I just, I can't. I, I lasted like three months. And I just, I had to surrender. I had to unfollow him. I'm sorry, Noah. If you come on this podcast, I'll re-follow you. Uh, but I couldn't take it anymore. Next! KJ Appa. Of Riverdale fame, because A, I don't even know if he's a natural ginger. He's not. And that is offensive to me as a natural ginger. B, he has no business being that hot on a show that I have no interest in. Oh, very rude. I love that show so much. <laughs> I just, I've tried watching Riverdale only because he's in it. And I know that makes me like a target gay for any show with like a hot male lead where they're like, "What? some gay will watch it just for this. That's me. But I've tried and I can't. And I blame him for that. And finally, the winner of the man who most haunted me this year award goes, of course, to Harry Styles, who I had the pleasure of embracing this year. But you know what? He still doesn't follow me on Instagram. Wow. So now what am I supposed to do with the love that I feel? I guess it goes nowhere because he doesn't follow me and I can't express it to him. It's probably because he doesn't want another outlet for me to send ridiculous DMs to him on. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to tweet at him and tell him to follow me on Instagram, I'll probably like your tweet. So this is my... (laughs) (laughs) Shameless campaign <laughs> to get him to follow me on Instagram. Um, Next category, the shittiest cereal pooper of the year award. Our top contenders um, were the cereal toilet clogger in a Wisconsin grocery store. If you remember this, they caused thousands of dollars of damage. I don't know if they were ever identified. A man in Brisbane, Australia, uh, who served on the city council board, was identified as a pre-dawn jogger who had been repeatedly dropping his panties in the street and fucking shitting all over he was caught staring into the camera after one of his neighbors set up uh, an ambush and got him snapped a pic right in the morning and got him pants down mid poop (laughs) apparently that was part of an amateur undercover sting operation (laughs) To discover him, and the winner, of course, was the school in New Jersey that had been plagued by serial pooper on their track field, and it turned out it was their superintendent. Remember that amazing, amazing. Um, apparently he has since resigned and was offered a one hundred thousand dollars severance package. So pooping pays, people. (laughs) Next, the wait—that's so weird—and we should still be talking about it. Award, there are a lot of contenders so in this. So many. Um, Donald Trump's dick looks like oh, Mr. Toad. I don't like that one. That I don't one's want to talk pretty about upsetting. Um, Neil Patrick Harris just didn't know who Rachel Bloom was, Offensive. and then told everyone. Uh, that to me was so fucked up when if you remember it was during the golden globes rachel bloom of crazy ex-girlfriend fame was like a backstage like presenter commentator type and neil patrick harris tweeted who the fuck is this lady backstage me and my son don't like her and rachel bloom was like hi we've met multiple times (laughs) i'm a big fan of your show And it was fucked up. Next! Scientists were like, we only have 10 years to live, and we just got over that pretty quick. Um, A woman got shot in the face with a wiener cannon in Philadelphia. Classic. Um, And the winner of the That's So Weird We Should Still Be Talking About It Award goes to Drake and Millie Bobby Brown being text friends. (laughs) I feel like we all just got over that real quick. Um, yeah, I don't remember when that came out, but I think it was like at some award show, Millie Bobby Brown was like, yeah, me and Drake just text. And everyone was like, wait, aren't you like a, a little girl? And he's like a grown ass man. And they're, they're, they're texting one another about boys. I don't think so. Uh. Uh-uh. Next, the best ancient thing that got discovered and we weren't allowed to eat it award. Runners-up include the world's oldest wheel of cheese that was discovered this year, and scientists were like, you're not allowed to eat the cheese. Um, I believe the world's oldest loaf of bread was also discovered this year, and scientists were like, don't eat the bread. Um, And the winner goes to the sarcophagus, full of sarcophagus juice. Do you Mm -hmm. remember this? Mm -hmm, And scientists mm -hmm. were like, you can't drink the sarcophagus juice what the fuck we have the makings for a beautiful grilled cheese and Merlot situation and they were like nope you can't do it next the scammer of the year award runners up include Anna Delvey who you may remember from literal scammer Literal scammer, she was just this girl who like scammed a bunch of rich people out of their money by like confidently walking into a bunch of places and being friends with them. Inspirational. Um, and now she's in jail. Oh. Isn't she on Rikers Island? I have no idea. And she started Instagramming from like being like, "Hey guys, I'm in jail." <laughs> Next runner-up, Tanacon. We never talked about this, but Tana Mongu? I don't know how to say it. She's a YouTuber. She has almost 4 million subscribers. Back in June, VidCon, which is the giant YouTuber convention, they used her in a bunch of promotional materials, but then she was not designated a featured creator. And that means that you, like, get into special, like, areas and you get security and things like that. And she was pissed off that she was not a designated creator. And so she was like, I'm going to throw my own convention down the street. And then worked with this company that, like, threw this shit together. And it was basically Fire Festival (laughs) 2.0. Like... According to Tana, 20,000 people showed up. The venue could only hold 5,000 people. Oh, good. Even then, everybody who got in, they were like, we were supposed to get... Technically, tickets were free, and they sold out in two minutes, air quotes on sold out, but then there were VIP tickets for $65 that, like, actually everybody just bought a VIP ticket. Mm. So there were no such thing as free tickets. Everybody spent $65. You were supposed to get a gift bag that had a bunch of stuff that apparently only came with stickers and a condom. So people were like, I basically, with tax, spent like $75 on a condom um, to go wait in a parking lot. And then once they got into the venue, it was like really just a hallway that they all stood in. Complete mess. It got canceled after like six hours. What a disaster. Absolutely love it. If you want to find out more, Shane Dawson, a YouTuber, made a documentary about it that is riveting. It's almost two hours long. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Um also, I should say, apparently, the VidCon actual people said that she was not... They fucked up by featuring her in promotionals, but they were like, we didn't make her a featured creator because she said some fucked up racist shit <laughs> on the internet. And so, like, yeah. But the winner... Of the Scammer of the Year Award goes to Logan Paul (laughs) because he filmed a dead body in Japan and then uh, completely fucked up and got kicked out of the country. Well, he didn't get kicked out, but everybody was like, never come back to Japan. Um, And that's what happens. Honestly, Logan Paul Scammer of the Year for making me think about Logan Paul more than I ever should. Next! The Man We Lost Award goes to Nick Jonas because he went through all the stages of an intense relationship from like beginning to marriage. In one year. In like a month. (laughs) Runners up include Kit Harrington, also got married.
3: Also was on the list, I believe, last year. Yeah,
2: Prince Harry got married, who I believe was the winner last year. Mm -hmm. And finally, our final award, the most Florida thing to Florida this year award goes to... Two men in Florida, one in a bull costume, broke into the home of one of their ex-boyfriends to steal a flat screen TV and then tried to burn down the house with ragu to make it look like an accident. I'm not even going to explain that any more than just that one line. That is the most Florida thing to ever happen in Florida this year. And lastly, the best tweet that really just sums up 2018 is Kirstie Alley on the death of Stephen Hawking. She said, you had a good go at it. Thanks for your input. <laughs> and I think that's a great summary of 2018. And that's it for the last Deep dive of 2018. We'll be right back with Michael Zegan from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We have an interview and a game right after this commercial break. Surprise! I'm a freaking teacher! You know why? Because I made a class on Skillshare all about writing for the internet, so you can learn from me, an expert, on how to make expertly good stuff. But what is Skillshare, you may be asking? Well, Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 creative and entrepreneurial classes to fuel lifelong learning. It also houses my gorgeous class on creating shareable content. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to help you learn and thrive. Don't know what to get your retired parents for the holidays? Why not give them the gift of knowledge? If you're ready to make better content and grow your audience, you can join me on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering unhappy hour listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash unhappy. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash unhappy to start your free two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash unhappy. My guest complainer today is Michael Zegan. You may recognize Michael from one of my favorite shows right now. He plays Joel Mazel, aka the Marvelous Mr. Mazel in the Marvelous Mrs. Mazel. Michael Zegan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um we like to start off by asking everybody what is one thing you hate that everybody else
1: loves. Uh so bacon. <laughs> I don't okay. I don't eat bacon, but it's not my fault because my mom raised us kosher. Right. So i i'm not kosher anymore but like pork and bacon like i can't get my brain around it like i can eat it and i'm sure it tastes great but i i still it's like that there's something in my brain that's like no that's gross right so that's i mean but everybody likes bacon right
2: that is one of those things where like
1: if you say you don't like it people are like aghast. yeah like how like, yeah because it looks good it looks great but you know to be honest i think that It's probably for the best. Right. Because it's not healthy. And I do try (laughs) to eat healthy. So, like, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. Right. It's fine. I don't need to I don't need to come around on that.
2: Yeah. Bacon is that like sneaky ingredient that they add to everything that is supposed to be healthy that just negates everything. Right. right. Salads. Yeah, yeah. Salads, like wraps.
1: Although, like bakos. Do you remember bakos? I don't think they have those anymore. <laughs> no. It's that like fake bacon. Yeah, it was fake bacon that you put in salads. I used to like that. So I guess <laughs> I probably would like bacon. I just I... can't I can't put it. But I even, guess. I don't my know. my body.
2: Any fake bacon just reminds me of, like, begging strips. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to eat dog food. <laughs> so for those who might not be familiar with The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or who, like me, like, uh, binged it, like, a year ago when it first came out, yeah. remind everybody who you play and how he sort of fits into the, the whole picture.
1: Okay. So I play Joel Maisel, who's uh, married to The Marvelous Midge Maisel, mm-hmm. and in the first episode... I, I don't think I'm giving anything away because it's the first one, and right. you know he leaves her, and it turns out he's been having an affair, and um, so his leaving Midge is the catalyst for not only the rest of the show, but also for for Midge's transformation, for her uh, new, you know career path right right and you you almost become sort of
2: like competing not competing performers but they're because
1: he's an aspiring uh stand-up but he's terrible yeah and he steals other people's material like famous people's (laughs) material like bob (laughs) newhart and he doesn't yeah he doesn't really have his any material of his own but midge is the funny one i mean she's the one who's always taking notes and telling him oh this got a laugh tonight that you know uh, maybe you should try it like this and then it turns out that she's the one with the true talent. Right.
2: I uh, was reading that you went to a bunch of stand-up shows as sort of like research. Yeah. Did you specifically seek out bad, bad <laughs> shows? <laughs> Have you been to any of my shows is what I'm asking.
1: <laughs> Have you seen me uh, bomb on stage? No. I mean, you know, I, I, we, yes, we say we did research, but I've gone to enough stand-up shows right, right. in my lifetime. <laughs> You're that, also you know, a person. I, I know what they're like. Yeah. Um, I had a terrible experience when I was in high school after prom, uh-huh. um, we went to, I, I grew up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is sad, but I didn't have a date to prom. I, I just, I, <laughs> I, I had somebody who I was going to go with and then she backed out. And then, cause she was like a year older than me. She yeah. decided she didn't want to hang out with, <laughs> you know, people younger than her. So I was alone and but with a, with a group of friends. Yeah. I was, I didn't go to st- a comedy Honestly, club alone.
2: That rejection is probably better than, cause it's like, that's beyond your control. You can't change yes, your age.
1: Yes, sure. <laughs> Although I could have asked somebody else, <laughs> True. you true, know, true. I could have manned up and asked somebody else, but I was, I, I was a pussy. So, um, so yeah, so we, a bunch of us went to Caroline's in the city yeah. and, uh, this one guy singled me out and he was like, where's your date? And then I was like, <laughs> uh, and then from the rest of that show on every comic who, who went up there, just picked on me and it was like the worst experience ever and i i but yet i still have gone i've gone back yeah um you're not you're not completely no, avoiding no. carolines but uh yes no i'm i'm not but i i you know i have enough experience of being in these in these places in these situations that i know what it's like right but yeah so rachel and i rachel brosnahan and i we went to a few and uh and just, you know, just watched and, uh, yeah, some were terrible and some were good. And that's yeah. just, that's what you get. I mean, that's what it is.
2: Yeah, the, the kind of club in the show, it's like one of those small, like, it's a stage in in a bar, like, there's a lot yeah. going on, which is a very, like, a New York experience. Yeah, it's
1: in the show, it's not just stand-up. Uh, right. There's, you know, it's kind of like an open mic where people go up and read poetry or, right, right. or play an instrument or, you know. I guess that's how it used to be.
2: Yeah. And, but that experience feels very, like, it's so hit or miss always. Oh, sure. Like, most people, in, unless you're, like, seeking out that type of experience, mm-hmm. if you go see a comedy show at, like, a, you know, larger venue, like, you know, you'll probably see a good show. Yeah. But it's something, like, in a small club, it's like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> but it also depends on the audience. Um, yeah. You know, in, in doing theater, I've learned that, I don't know, 400 people will collectively decide, today I'm going to laugh, and then... Tomorrow, 400 <laughs> right. people will decide, no, we're not going to laugh. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know? I
2: imagine it's better, though, to do that in one, one place like New York. What I'm thinking is, I've had nights like that, but in a specific city and now I generalize about that city when probably it was ah, just that yes. audience or that night. Sure. But now I'm like, "Fuck Detroit," you know. It <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with Detroit. Yeah, but I hate Detroit now. <laughs> I did read there was some other interview that you did where there was a very specific show that you talked about being horrible, and it was an audience of teenagers.
1: It wasn't the worst. It right. was um, it was uh, <laughs> it was just uncomfortable. I mean. You know, and any time we curse, they were like, Oh and, and, <laughs> and uh I kept I, I had a few kissing uh scenes with the with another actress and like, you know, the first couple of times they were like, ooh, and then and then I think the last time somebody was like, Okay, enough already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but there was one line where I say I call a girl the C word. Uh-huh. And I thought I was like oh my god they're gonna just flip out on this you know and they didn't it was just complete silence and then so I started laughing because I, <laughs> I I was expecting something and the fact that it didn't happen really threw me off and then I started laughing I could and I had like a two page monologue oh, no. from that point on and I was just like trying to get my shit together and and get through this monologue without <laughs> cracking up but it was so hard and and I could see the people my, my fellow actors around me laughing and I was just like okay get in the zone get in the zone so it actually, I mean, it was great, and they loved the play, which I didn't know if they would or not. And, right, you know, right. the kids, the high school kids, actually turn out to sometimes be some of the best audiences. You, yeah, have. Um, interesting.
2: Uh, is there a show in your mind that it was the worst?
1: The thing about doing a play at, at Roundabout Theater Company is that the the collective age is usually up there, <laughs> and so you know, you. I remember I was I was uh, staring out. And in the front row, was this an older couple, let's say, uh-huh. you know, I, I think they were probably close to a hundred, um, each sure. and, uh, and I remember looking out and this woman and that, well, first of all, the guy, her husband, I assume just... Like you said before, he was just, like, talking. Like, he was just, like... I mean, they're in the front row, and Uh this is, like, a 450-seat theater. Right. And they're in the front row, and this guy's just talking, and he has the hearing aid thing, you know, which they (laughs) give out, and he's asking his his, uh, wife questions, and and it's just really... I mean, it's really throwing us off. And then the wife, she decides to... uh, take out a bag of chips, (laughs) you know, like, like a, a, like a, like Frito-Lays, like she's taking and she's just munching on these chips and the bags making all kinds of noise. And he's, he keeps making, uh, references to the characters on stage. He keeps calling, uh, my, uh, my co-star, he's calling her awful. He's like, oh, she's awful. She's awful. Oh God. She's and, and it's like, what is wrong with you? And so we decided, my friend Phil and I who's in the play, we decided that afterwards we were gonna wait outside for him and we were gonna tell him, hey man, like it's not cool to to talk during a show. <laughs> so we waited, waited, waited. Finally he comes out and we're about like Phil's like about to like go up to him and the guy turns to Phil and goes, You are amazing and, and then and then like hugs him And we you know from that point on we couldn't Say anything but that's I mean
2: the lesson There is really that the, the People who you think are gonna be like The
1: worst yeah well uh, we Thought they hated it we right, thought like right. they were talking And she's awful she's awful Like so like we thought, well, <laughs> thought they hated it They but hated her I guess I guess but yeah. you
2: still could have stuck up For her you, <laughs> you know <laughs> you just Took the love yeah Phil yeah Old people famously harsh critics. Well, we'll
1: all be there at some point. (laughs) It's
2: true, true. Let's talk about bombing on stage, Um, getting in that like headspace, I guess. Um, uh, Obviously, Joel Mazel goes through that experience.
1: Yes. So (laughs) there's uh, two scenes, one in which I'm very successful. And then the next one where I bomb. I tried my own material and I bomb. I actually thought going into it that it would be pretty easy. Uh-huh. And so I got on stage and and there's an audience, you know, and I'm doing it and I'm doing it over and over again. And and Amy Sherman Palladino, who's, you know, the creator, right. the brilliant creator of, of Mrs. Maisel. She, she pulled me aside and she's like, mm, it's not working. You're forcing it. And I was like, I thought I was doing good. <laughs> I thought I was like Marlon Brando out here, but apparently not. And so I started getting kind of panicky and I've had like issues with panic attacks in the past. Uh-huh. So I did the TV show The Walking Dead, right. which was awesome. And and then they asked me to be on uh The Talking Dead. Yes, uh which was hosted by Chris is hosted by Chris Hardwick and um it's like a round table discussion yeah, about yeah. The Walking Dead. And uh and so they asked me to be on it and I had never done anything live. It was live, you know, live television. I'd right. never done anything like that. I used to do a character on Letterman, but like even that was pre-taped, you know. Right. So this was, like, live. There was an audience in the studio as well as millions of people watching at home, including, you know, my parents. And so that just gets in your head. And, uh, and like, I'm sitting there. And and Chris Hardwick talks very fast. He's <laughs> he's a fast talker. We, plus, the show now is an hour. I think it was a half hour back then. Yeah. So it was like, you know, need to get everything in there. And... Um, and so yeah, so like I'm sitting there and Kevin Smith is another guest on the show uh-huh and that dude can talk you know he has his own podcast he talks that as that's his job he right. talks and so he's talking I don't know what he's talking about he's has some monologue or something he's talking and uh the guy behind me there's a guy behind me on on uh He's he's uh, has a teleprompter and he's having like a whisper conversation into his headset right behind me. So I'm kind of distracted. I'm listening to Kevin Smith sort of and and listening to this other guy behind me. And then all of a sudden, Chris Chris Hardwick goes, "Mike, what do you think?" And I, I had no idea what they were talking about. And so I was like, uh, "About what?" And then the audience started laughing. And then I literally like I it was I had the spins. It was just like I everything started spinning, and I was like, "Uh uh uh." And then. Uh, Chris Hardwick, I think he realized something was up, so he was he t- changed topics and he was like, "Actually, you know what? So like, just tell me what was your favorite scene that you did." Right, and at this point we were only two episodes into my four episodes and they warned me, don't say anything about, you know, the the next two. (laughs) So that was in my head. And I was like, well, my favorite scene was in the last episode, but I don't want to say it. So what am I going to say? And it was just like, I had nothing. It was like mush mouth. I couldn't, I I had no idea what I was saying. And all I was thinking about when I was talking was that people are watching this, just get your shit together. Just come on, reel it in. Like you're going to be fine. That's, and, and I haven't watched it since. Yeah. Um, I, I, like it, it, that alone just gives me panic attacks. Just like thinking about that right. experience. So yeah, um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> just about the experience, of like channeling oh, the experience. Yeah, so I of channeled yeah. that experience. <laughs> Into my my bombing scene, yeah, and I think it worked. I think it was it. You could tell, like I I really was feeling uh, sort of panicky, so it was it worked. Whatever yeah. it was, it worked, and that's called method acting. <laughs> uh, experience
2: a panic attack yeah. and then just call upon and use that. It, yeah. Use it. Use <laughs> it. No, I, I I can imagine, it, like, it is very easy in that moment to kind of, like, spiral. Like, when you can start feeling something is, like, not going well, mm-hmm. to then just, like, not, to not, like, get a grasp on it. Yeah, And that's, like, yeah, when you're bombing on stage, it's, like, uh, you you have to power through because everybody is just,
1: like, watching you fall right now. Well, do you end it early? Are you... I mean you've bombed, I assume, right? <laughs> <laughs> just by looking at me, you can tell. Um there was only one
2: experience, well, more than one. I just did a show in Aspen. I think I've talked about it on here before. It's, it was like horrible. Mm. Um mostly because the audience was a full like two generations older than I'm used to. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> it was like the the Aspen Elite that came out and it was very small. Like it was it was an intimate crowd in this very large theater. But This one, this one show that I they asked me to open for someone at a comedy festival and they were like, You do 10 minutes. And I don't, I don't even know how I think I got off after like six minutes. It was just like, I was like, I don't know. I feel like I've been up here forever. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't tell. Like maybe I missed the, the cue to get off stage. Do you, prefer stage acting? Is it just like a different kind of experience? I
1: love it all. I mean, you know, with, with theater, you get that immediate gratification. Um, I've always wanted to be an actor since I was a little kid. So, uh, my parents always put me in programs, like weekend programs where like I would, you know, act with the kids my age and it was yes. always fun. It was always me and like, 20 girls and it was just like that was it was just the best not like anything happened or anything i was like 10 but you know was still like just it was nice um i was on
2: an all girls uh christian volleyball team
1: (laughs) and how did that turn out
2: not great (laughs) they were like your skill level is basically on par with like (laughs) not that that's offensive to to, no no those girls who were all better than me yeah
1: um but yeah, no, I love. I mean, I love it all. I really do because I I grew up watching TV, mm-hmm. much to my parents' dismay. Um, although, th- why do we have so many TVs in the house? You Were know? they just not TV fans? No, they love TV. So <laughs> I remember like watching Miami Vice as a family when I was a kid. You know, uh-huh. like it was that was our Friday nights. No, they love TV. What was your like go to show? TGIF. Sure, sure. Full House and Family Matters and Perfect Strangers. That uh-huh. was a good Friday night. Uh, lineup. See, in my child, people
2: always make fun of me. But my like formative television show growing up was Everybody Loves Raymond.
1: Oh no, I was never, I never, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs>
2: Apparently, you and most people. <laughs> well, no, I mean it was a Even popular show.
1: Yeah, one of like the the
2: biggest sitcoms.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, like Seinfeld was big, right? Um, and Friends, obviously. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, and but when I was a kid, like all I remember is. Fraggle Rock <laughs> and sure. and I remember uh, like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Which I don't even know if they have anymore. I don't I don't know if that's a thing, but it used to be a thing when I was a kid like I'd wake up at like 5:30 in the morning to and go downstairs and watch, you know, whatever was on, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've thought about that too. Do that? Do people do Saturday morning cartoons? Is it just like whatever's so. on Netflix? Or yeah,
1: I guess Netflix has changed. Yeah, everything. Although I think, uh, I think they got rid of them a long time ago and, and substituted that for the news. I believe. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Like, on, you know, yeah,
2: kids just have to watch the news on Saturday mornings. So um, yeah,
1: yeah, but no, but I've always been a big TV fan and movie fan. I've always gone to see movies. And, yeah, uh, and and theater my parents so like I grew up like a half hour outside New York and right in New Jersey and my parents always took me to see shows and uh so that's I think that's how I got uh this love for it yeah I like how I
2: mean you you talked about kind of like having a panic attack and, like, not being, like, big on public speaking. Yes, I'm not. Uh, but then, like, how do you kind of reconcile that with then wanting to be an actor? Like, well, it,
1: when you're an actor, you get to play a different character. You don't right. have to be yourself. Although the, the, the being myself thing, I'm, I'm getting better at. Yeah, I, I think I'm good. Yeah, I, the more <laughs> I do it, the the better I I get at it. You know, um, but, but it's practice nonetheless.
2: Yeah, but it's also like just recognizing that like everybody who's there is going through the same exact motions. Yeah, and I think I, I don't know. If I, but some people are better at it than others. right. Well, some people have also been doing it for like a lot True. longer. True. True. Um, and it's just like yeah, I think it takes some of the pressure off, or it's like yeah, this is just like part of. The, the kind of like machine you go through.
1: However, especially on this show, on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, getting to watch it months after we're done – Um, is so much fun because like it's so visually stunning and you you know you you know it's going to be like that when you're filming it you know it's going to be beautiful to watch but you i mean until you see the final product you don't realize just how beautiful it is yeah um because it truly is i mean like we have such great cinematographers and and directors and and costumes i mean and hair everything looks 1950s, you know, yeah. to a T and the cars and, and the, the sets are incredible. So, um, so that's exciting, you know, yes, theater, you get that immediate gratification, but with something like this, it's worth the wait, you know, you right. get that gratification when you see it yeah, months later.
2: Has Amy Sherman-Palladino convinced you to wear a top hat at any point? <laughs> she doesn't have to
1: convince me. I, <laughs> you're, I love top you're already hats. Already on board. Yeah, I was. I was a big Oliver fan when I was a kid. So the Artful Dodger, he always had that top hat. And um, I, hey, uh, you know, she has a, a hat room. I, I would think nothing yeah. less of her. It's yeah. a huge room, bigger than my apartment, that's <laughs> filled with hats. It's got uh, vintage mannequins which is a little creepy, but, um, but she wearing the them. hats or no, they're just, yeah, like... yeah they're wearing the hats. I, I don't didn't... know if she switches them out <laughs> from time to time, but, um, but yeah, no, she, she loves her hats and, and, and that's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You need to find your, like, uh, your, your stylistic signature, I guess. Yeah. Like well, her. I have
1: a lot of t-shirts. Okay. I, right. I, I, get vintage t-shirts. Like I go to thrift stores all the time and cause they're like shirts from like the eighties are always the softest and they fit me really well so i don't you know i i love t-shirts
2: i find it very difficult to shop at thrift shops because i'm scared that everything is like haunted i'm like i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know necessarily a bad thing that's true there is not like not every ghost is like a bad ghost no i i
1: i was literally just talking about this i have i have a couch that i that i got from a woman who passed away Uh and uh And a couch and a table and a lamp. And I (laughs) I pretty much ransacked her apartment. Did um, you
2: kill this woman?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but her stuff was going to be donated to, you know, to uh, housing works or whatever. And and so I figured at the time I didn't have any money. So I was Uh like, I'm going to take this. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, is it haunted? And I was like, well, maybe. But, like, <laughs> she, was nice. she She obviously likes me because things are going well. And, and, and uh, I've had her stuff in my apartment for over 10 years in various apartments. So, yeah. I, you know, and, and it was, like, covered in plastic. You know, this big sectional couch was covered in plastic. And right. now it's not. And now it's fraying. And, and I don't know whether to throw it away or to reupholster it. And I feel like... I should do her a service and reupholster it and you <laughs> yeah. know, and uh I don't know, maybe just, pay it forward. Just the thought of
2: it. I don't know. Um, a couple of like uh quick questions. Yeah. One, I saw in one um interview that apparently you've got on the record as saying that your favorite ice cream is dip and dots. Which is absurd. Oh, uh... Because, A, that's not, like... Well, first a, of all... A type of... ice. It's no, just okay. Like, so,
1: flavor-wise, uh... I... I pistachio. <laughs> pistachio, or... I'm, I'm really into green tea ice cream now. I really... I feel that. like your
2: answers are getting
1: worse at this point. <laughs> <morning. laughs> we went downhill. Um, I want to take it back. Yeah. Uh, Dippin' Dots, though, is the ice cream of the future. And the future is now. <laughs> and, um... But, yeah, no. Dippin' Dots... Are delicious I don't know you gotta try it oh I'm familiar okay have have you had it recently because Uh, they still hold up I'll give it a revisit (laughs) but uh, to be honest I don't even know where you can get them at all anymore yes baseball games used to have them right but and I know Yankee Stadium used to have it but I haven't seen it uh, this year I didn't see them
2: yeah yeah, I I genuinely don't know the last time that I like encounter dip
1: and dots. Yeah, they're a rare. It's a rare breed.
2: I think it, it feels like it came from the same. Uh, it came from the same world of like moon rocks and like
1: eat, like <laughs> space food. All right sure <laughs> hey it's just like, that it adds know. to the appeal for me
2: i i, I never understood where it, that whole thing was like you can eat like an astronaut it's like no dip
1: dots is not astronaut food by the way and that's what it reminds me of astronaut ice cream is astronaut food i guess have you had astronaut ice cream no i don't have any desire to consume oh, it's, it's dehydrated ice cream and and they <laughs> sell it at, like the museum of natural history they sell it yeah yeah, um, yeah. no it tastes delicious actually I don't really agree with that life. So no, I have no desire to be an astronaut. Um, Although I respect them completely. Sure. I mean, yeah. But that, that's, that, I, I, yeah, no. I'm not right, right. There.
2: The only astronaut I respect is the woman who drove like 14 hours in <laughs> a diaper diapers, yeah. to like murder her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know she pulled it off. <laughs>
1: that, that, that's who you respect. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, this is a game that um, our producer Barry wrote. Um, I am famously a Gentile. Barry is famously a Jew. And uh, because you've said that you don't mind being typecast as a Jew, um, I don't like saying it like it feels weird to be like a Jew. Uh, <laughs> I, I say it like that. That's why. So I'm just going to, it's a quick quiz on if you uh, can identify these
1: Jewish foods. Okay. Okay. Rugelach? Yeah. Rugelach? <laughs> you know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what rugelach is. It's a pastry. It's like uh, it's like a little cookie kind of thing with like a filling. It's oh. Like, like a... Like a, stro- a raspberry rugelach or chocolate or... Uh, i Rugula. forget what it's called like in
2: an italian uh, oh
1: yeah 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 there's an italian equivalent it's not like a tchotchke but it sounds like that it's not it not sounds tchotchke. like tchotchke. <laughs> kalach kalachki no, no that's polish no cannoli is italian right but that's a different that's different yeah a uh, creplach. kreplach kreplach is like a dumpling it's like uh like a wonton uh-huh. sort of so like a soupy, a yeah. Soupy you you put them in soups, or uh, uh, I don't know, with sour cream, I guess, and and borscht. I I don't know, but uh, maybe not. Maybe that's not right. But I've had them in soup. My grandma makes it in soup. Kishki, kishka, is uh. <laughs> It's like, well, they stuff, it's like, it's called derma, is another name for it. And sure. you stuff like uh lamb, in, you know, stomach casing or, or some sort of animal stomach casing and stuff it with, you know, breading and also like probably the, the fat from the animal. And, right, and it's right. actually quite delicious. All right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you know what it is? It's Jewish haggis. Sure. Sure. Sort of. So it's like a vegetable sausage. It's not vegetable, though. I mean, there's like it. Oh,
2: it's not a vegetable, like case.
1: N- well, nowadays, I mean, I don't think they use the real lining, but uh, you know, from an animal. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I guess it could be. I guess you could make a vegetarian equivalent of it. Sure.
2: Uh huh. A a kugel.
1: Kugel, <laughs> is like um, is it's also like a dessert kind of thing. Although you can have a potato kugel, which is like. I mean it's like a square it's usually square and uh and yeah they make noodle kugel which is like cinnamon sugary with noodles and it's like a casserole kind of thing Sure um, sure it's very good it's a, a glorified noodle casserole Yes it's is, delicious Got it got it My mom makes good kugel
2: Um and then some some yiddish term I I know most of these Um bubala obviously it's grandma I always thought it was grandma too apparently it's not Barry just corrected us. Booble up means baby doll, not grandma. No, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. We Bobby got there in the Bubby is grandma.
1: Bubby, right?
2: Um, yeah, when you're reclamped,
1: yeah. You're... Well, I just remember from Mike Myers and Coffee Talk. <laughs> sure, I'm getting reclamped. It's like he's getting like emotional.
2: Right, right. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna say this one all wrong. Gay cocking often yum. Yeah. <laughs> What is that? All right. And I've heard of it. uh, Oh my God, I love your shoes. (laughs) I'm very much into men. Or go poop in the ocean.
1: Oh, I think that's the last one. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i think that's love one. that i think that's love one. that
2: um maybe we should end on that note just a, <laughs> that's a nice positive note obviously uh the second season of marvelous mrs Maisel. i think at the time of uh when people will be listening to this it'll be season two will be out oh, on yeah. amazon where can people find you and your your work on the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the main one. But yeah. um, if people want to find you like on Twitter, Instagram.
1: Oh, it's just my name. Perfect. Um, yeah, Michael Zegan. Uh, actually, on Twitter, it's Zegan Michael, at Zegan Michael, because somebody stole my name, and then I had See? a whole thing. I wasn't even on Twitter, and then <laughs> somebody stole my name, and they were asking people to send them presents, and I so I had to contact, and I had to join Twitter, Right. With my, uh, which now is just like... Um, but yes, at Zegan Michael, but if you, I mean, if you want to, you know, just get depressed, you could follow me there. Or if you want to see nice pictures and photography, follow me on Michael Zegan, at Michael Zegan. And then watch Marvelous Mrs. Amazing. Yes. And you know, that is, um, that's going to be awesome. Perfect.
2: Oh, yeah. thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'll thank see you. you
1: next time. Awesome. Bye.
2: We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down. Uh, Let's start with the TV we're watching this week. Barry?
3: Oh, well, you know I watched the Winter Solstice Sabrina episode um, (laughs) and it was just a joy. It was exactly the type of Christmas wonder I wanted.
2: Wait, do Sabrina episodes come out every week?
3: No, 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 no. The, The new season, or like the second part of season one, doesn't come out until I think like April or something like that. But they did a winter solstice special oh so it's a christmas special but it does like it, it does have to do with the plot of everything that was going on it's
2: just uh it was a nice little special i do like that like british shows like downton abbey have like christmas special they always it. have like a christmas special it.
3: yeah it's great so that's what i'm watching keeping it keeping yeah. it simple
2: you know what else has a christmas special Love Island. (laughs) (laughs) What are you watching? Um, Well, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season Ah, 4 came out uh, this past week. It's already great. Also, shout out to Joel Kim Booster and Nicole Byer, (laughs) friends of the show. Um, Both guests, previous guests, they have a new podcast elsewhere called What the Tuck, where they uh, recap every week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. I just love them both. Yeah, I feel like it's like, um, it's like, what do you call it? Gosh, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> What's that word? I feel like it's like looked down upon in in New York in the like entertainment scene to be like fans of your like fellow entertainers. But I'm like genuinely a fan of them. Yeah,
3: they're amazing. Uh, people they're are so like, don't. No,
2: oh, that's weird. No, I love Joel and Nicole. What else have I been watching? I have been watching more Nailed It with Nicole on Netflix and re-watching some old episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. Amazing. And what is your official chaser, Barry?
3: My official chaser to round out 2018, in case it's not obvious, this is our last episode of 2018 and we're not going to be back until January 8th, I believe. Um, but I, I want to shout out all the listeners We've we've just got we got some great fans doing the unhappy hour pod Twitter has been really fun. And I also need to shout out a specific fan, because if I don't, there was a veiled threat against me. <laughs> but it's my friend Danny. My friend Danny Barry, who's been one of my best friends since we were little. I would marry him. So my name would be Barry Barry. He's been my husband for many, many years. Anyway, his friend Sherry. Found out that Danny knows me, and she started freaking out because she thinks I'm a celebrity, which I'm uh, just not. Like I'm not. <laughs> yes, you um, are. I'm a producer, uh, which is cool, but I'm not a celebrity. But um, so Danny called me and put her on the phone, and she was like asking me about my back was <laughs> and like asking me about my dog, and it was just so fun. Um, and she also put me on a, a list of celebrities she has met, um, and that list is Olivia Wilde, uh-huh. Marnie the dog. And me, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's an honor to be on this list with these two other incredible women. Right, um, I'm I'm just thrilled. Uh, I love making the show, and it's it really is my chaser is making the show and the people who listen to it.
2: What about you? What's your chaser? Something stupid, <laughs> not as earnest. <laughs> <laughs> I no mine is the same thing I what? feel like I have so much fun making the show um, this year we did our first live show on the road um, we were on stage for two hours for some reason I, peed I, myself. <laughs> I ended the night singing a horrible rendition of Ant I Am Telling You but yeah thank you to everybody who listens to this show every week genuinely we have so much fun making it um, and it's a pleasure to have uh, dedicated people every week listening to our dumb voices except for the girl who was like I listen to your voices sped up because that's the only way that I like it <laughs> you sound better okay I'm sorry this is my voice and I can't control it I love it I just soured up my chaser with negative thoughts um but I'm looking forward to 2019 yeah. thinking about getting into a lot of new things mm. like like food wow music wow so much culture <laughs> thanks for an amazing year we will see you in 2019 thank you so much for listening to one happy hour you can head to apple Podcasts or spotify or stitcher wherever you get podcasts hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Claire Tai, and me, Matt Bellasai. Our editors are Josh Gwynn and Dina Kleiner. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Music by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can stalk me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai, And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next year. <gasps> Uh, bye bye Thanks again to Skillshare for sponsoring today's show Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 creative and entrepreneurial classes to fuel lifelong learning I've got my very own class on creating shareable content on Skillshare. Want to check it out? As a special offer, my listeners can get two months of Skillshare for free. Just go to Skillshare.com unhappy to sign up.